Welcome to Business School Buddy, a new podcast about the advantages and disadvantages of business school. I'm your host, Parker Henry, and I'll be taking you on a journey through my own experiences in business school. The year is 2019, and making a decision about business school is as important as ever. Whether or not it's right for you, this podcast will share insights from those with and without business school experience to paint a picture of the risks and benefits. We will discuss topics ranging from costs, marketing, finances, economics, entrepreneurship, big data, and more. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Business School Buddy. This is Parker. We are here with our second guest, Juan Ramirez. Thank you for joining us today. Juan, please introduce yourself. Uh, So my name is Juan Ramirez. I come from Colombia. I'm 22 years old. Um, Well, I'm for sure very interested about business because that's what I'm studying right now. And um, I've I've had the opportunity to live in different countries such as Colombia, the United States, China, Argentina, and now France. So, well, yeah, I've done that because I'm very interested about like, uh, like I really want to understand how the world works and how commerce and trade uh, make all of our lives better. Cool, yeah. So, like, you have background in business school. You've, you've, you were in business school in Colombia. Yes, so my bachelor degree, four years degree, is in international business management, and I did that in Colombia. It was, like, having Spanish, having English. So, I think that's, that was really good because that, that way I could, like, uh, yeah, like, get to have some skills in, like, English also. So I think yeah, that's, I mean, you that's speak, really good. You yeah. speak English very well. <laughs> we already know. We already kind of know each other a little bit. We're working on a project together. Um, so why business school again? Why a master's in international business? What what interests you about that? So another thing. So besides my personal interest of like understanding how the world works in terms of commerce and trade, um, I find uh, international business very interesting because it's very transversal in terms that you can like do international business with marketing, with finance, with strategy, with human resources, with everything pretty much. So it's like, in my eyes, it's something very like, kind of like broad and big, then that can let me like, oppor- like experience different job opportunities in the future. Instead of the, instead of the case that it was like, for example, just studying a master in finance or logistics or like something more narrow. So I think, yeah, that's really good because then I feel like it's going to leave, it's going to like really open multiple doors for me instead of like a narrow way. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, it's definitely about the structure that it gives. Um, I know I don't have a really a background in business school. I studied in communication. So uh, there was a lot of overlapping there and I, I got some really good ideas about what I want to do with life and I think that to bring it to the next level to give me really the opportunities I might need some structure and that's business school for me plus I needed to get some more international experience because I really want to be an international player and that kind of requires me to get the experience so coming to the south of France was a huge huge uh, thing for me it, it really set me up for I think success. I think I'm setting myself up really. So what do you expect really to learn here in the master's program? And what do you think it'll, it'll give you in, in terms like what I think about that? I know uh, it's for me, it's I get out of it what I put into it. So what do you think if you give it your all, what do you think you can get out of it? So 
I think one important thing is that I, I knew that I was going to see like similar or related topics because I'm studying almost the same thing. So I already knew that, but I kind of want to, well, I say one because I'm still like starting. Like I want to get to compare a little bit, like my bachelor degree in a like more regional local university, let's say, with like a more, with like a more international university and European university and not even a university, but like a business school. So I really wanted to like get to comp like do a little comparison in between those two and like just complement each other because I'm sure like maybe what I learned there was a little bit like local focused, but here I've really experienced that is totally like more global and like our, our teachers and even our, our classmates, like everyone has some international experience and like, yeah, it's, it's really rich. So I think that's definitely important, like make these little comparison and like complement my previous knowledge and and also learn from people from other countries because my university back home really is like a 5,000 university, like 5,000 students university. And it just has like, um, I don't even think it has like any international students. It has some exchange students, maybe 20 per, per semester, which is nothing. So like playing this role here with like people from all over the world and like some French people also, which are foreigner for me also, <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely the plus. And do you think you get, uh, since you're, I know you have more international experience as well, but being put in with other international students and in a new country to live in, how do you think that will help you develop per personally and professionally? So, yeah, so I, I, I really, I really thought that I already knew a lot about like adaptability and like about team working and understanding other people and dealing with other cultures and all, and all of that, but still, For sure, I've never been in a situation like this one, in which like I'm taking classes with people from like over 30 or 25 or I don't know, nationalities, and also different ages, because that's the other thing, like in Colombia, normally people go to school, like we, we all pretty much have the same age, but here it's totally like different ages and like different backgrounds. Like everyone is different from each other, which is, it's super nice, but for sure it's it's a challenge. It presents a huge challenge. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen that, like how working in groups and the different cultures, we're learning to manage culture, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it is a challenge. And that's like a thing that I like about it. That's probably one of my favorite things about business school is that so far, you know, we're only two months in, but I've found that the challenge of working with so many different kinds of people is actually really fun for me. I know I like, I love a challenge and I don't stray away from it. So yeah. that's probably one of my favorite things about it. And ultimately that's the main reason why we're doing business also, because we want to be able to work in an international environment. And so this is definitely like a little internship every day, like <laughs> right. learning how to actually work with people from like different cultures and countries. Right. And I don't think you can get that from just studying at home alone. But while where you can, if you're not in business school, you have the time to, to work and, and get opportunities. And so there's a trade-off there. We're trading our time for for academic experience that should launch us and, and give us some more experience. And that's something I think we're going to talk about a little bit more because you and I are working on a project for a consultancy and for strategy for an AI company in the south of France, which is really cool. And you don't really get that experience elsewhere unless you're entering like a market, for, but which is what we hope to do in just a couple of months, or I guess in another year or so, we should be getting jobs. You know, that's, that's the yeah. goal. Um, we're starting our own businesses or things like that. 
So what would you say your favorite thing is about business school so far? I said, I think mine's the challenge. So you can't say that. You have to say something different. So I guess another favorite thing is that, the, well, in this case, the business school has well, all these like accreditations that are like globally recognized. So I think it's very interesting to be part of that process of like going to a school that is like accredited and like, let's say, well known for like, like globally, which is totally different, as I said, from my university back home. And like, mm, so yeah, just like being in a more prestigious university, I would say, which means professors are more prestigious and like companies, there's like more connections with more prestigious company companies. And there's more like, there's like a little, well, no, not a little, there's like better networking. Definitely. So, I think, I think that's what one of our professors yesterday was talking about how you can go to get your master's degree or your bachelor's degree anywhere, but up until a certain point, it's, it's, you, you may need to be somewhere that's more recognized. And I think there's some truth, there's some level of truth to that. And others, it's some, it really doesn't matter whether you get it from a prestigious university or not. Like it does certainly help look, make you look good on paper. And that's sort of important today. And yeah. I, but I think it's, it's becoming, a bit sad, but and it's because, becoming less important, I think. Yeah. But. Yeah, totally. I was just going to say that I feel like, well, we've, we've just been in this school for a month or so. Um, but I totally feel like what, like the level in my school back home is like totally the same as here or if anything, a little bit easier sometimes. So just because the education system is different, the culture is right. different everything is different it's a master so i guess there's more independent work yes. than in a bachelor and all of that but still like i've i've felt is not as i mean i felt the level is the same teachers are really pretty much the same i have amazing teachers back home in spite of they didn't probably didn't have that made that much like international experience or happy like phds and everything but but still like i think it's good because the press teach more about the quality it's about the yeah, just like the name and the, the, the network and connections that the university have. Yeah. So in this case, this school is very famous because it has very, like very good agreements with schools over the world. Uh, they produce a lot of research here also. Right. So like papers and stuff. So that's what makes the prestige more than the actual quality. Right. That's how I kind of take it. And that's what I've kind of, before I even came here, I kind of realized people were telling me like, you know, you might not be challenged that much. And so... I want to be, and we have, we have a lot, a lot of group work, which is, which makes it challenging. And I don't think the content is necessarily the challenging aspect of it, but it's really the cultural, uh, working in groups is very, very challenging and it, it can really, it can heighten tensions, but it's being able to manage these tensions and the cross-cultural management. Like we're, we're really put on the spot to, Hey, Put your differences aside and get this done. And I think that's one of the cool things. And you, again, the, you can't really get that out, outside and in any other environment, not even in, in your work. Like, right. it's because if you don't know how to work with your team, then you're just going to be fired. But here's like a little, there's like multiple, I don't know, like, um, how do you say that? Yeah. Like it's trying, like it's trying and trying. Right. Uh, yeah, tests, maybe. Yeah, this like, is definitely we're, Like, we're testing ourselves every day. And right. then we have, like, multiple tests with, like, learning how to work with people. Yeah. One of my... That brings me probably to my... One of my least favorite things about 
school, I guess, school or business school or it, I don't know, is that there are, there's a pretty decent percentage of people that don't want to do any work. And I feel like that may reflect in the business world as well. People don't want to do much work, whether they're satisfied or, or unsatisfied, underpaid, or they feel underappreciated, but they're not putting in the effort or they're not motivated. I feel like we, some of my groups, and I feel like we talked about this as well, aren't so motivated and getting these other group members to be motivated to do work is, is difficult. And I think one thing that I was trying to get myself to feel and communicate to heighten the motivation was pretending that the group work was paid, pretending we're getting paid to get a group work. Say we have a group of four people and we're getting paid 10,000 euros to do this job, $10,000. And two of us are working really hard and we're getting everything done and we're doing everything and the other two are really not talking, not participating, not putting forth any value or just not doing anything at all. And how do we get the other two to get up to the to, to our level? So explaining that, say this is paid, we're getting paid 10 grand for it. Do you think that if two people are doing the work the whole work, the $10,000 worth of work that we're going to let those other two people get paid 2500 each? Or are we going to, if, if we two are doing the work, we should probably be getting paid five grand a piece because we're putting forth all the work. There are no free riders in the real world. If there's four people tasked to do a job and only two people are doing the job and, and it's paid, you bet that the only the two people that are doing the work are going to get paid. The other two are going to be out of a job, most likely. I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, that's yeah. how it would work. So getting using that as kind of a motivating factor, I feel like it's really an interesting way of, of working with it. And it has actually worked to some degree, not completely. And it really depends on the culture of the group and who accepts it and who really looks to you as a leader or whatever. Um, it is, it's a challenge. And I think that's my... Favorite and least favorite part is really that. <laughs> Do you have anything like to add or would you, what would you see as your least favorite part of like your experience so far? <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it won't be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think in overall, I really enjoyed the experience and I liked the, the school and like I, f I felt very welcome because at the end of the day, we're in a different country and, and I think everyone, they've been very helpful and the process was very, very smooth and easy and clear and teacher, the teachers have been very, very good also. So, but um, maybe what I don't like so much is that there's different backgrounds in terms of experience and uh, which also leads to a different, to different motivations because I feel like some people maybe didn't want to put so much effort on this or like some people did it just because their family told them to do it or I mean that's what I'm feeling I don't know if it's true or not but maybe I mean it's because that, at the end of the, day, of the day that's how life is like even in, if you go to work people have different motivations and that's yeah that's okay I mean I feel the same yeah. exact way right yeah it's it's probably the same but but still I wish if or like for example some people they don't have any business backgrounds and like some of them they still try to like keep up the whole time which is great but some of them they don't have the background and still they don't work for like they, they don't work to in order to keep up right so so then it's kind of unfair for the ones who who are you exactly. know for the ones who like are very motivated and like right. 
have a background, but still they, they want to learn more and more. Right. That just, that, and that's where it comes in. That's where the difference is. It's like, if we have people that are kind of holding us back as they would in, in a real business setting, there's the people that will hold us back from, from progressing. And then there's us and we are really excited to do more and to learn. And that kind of just puts a lot more on our shoulders to do extra work, which we can just do it at home. Like we would might just have to do more research and, or do more work or try to work on more projects at home or maybe find the right people. And sometimes it's hard in a business school when you are given a group to work in as a part, instead of finding your own, the people. But I understand because we need to, be able to manage these differences because we are working to be managers. We're working to be, to, to be leaders. So I, I agree. I don't think some people are here for the right reasons. Yeah. And that's, that's a but big it's, part it's probably of it. like a, it's probably like a weakness, but also, I mean, well, like a strength. No, sorry. Like a challenge that we have, but at the same time it's, it can be bad. Like it depends on us kind of thing, you know? Like, there's this situation, and then we can decide if to make it good and learn from it, or just, like, let ourselves get exactly. not motivated, like, like, lose our motivation. Right, exactly. That's, that's, that's about perspective. It's about our attitude. And I feel like I've had the same attitude and perspective the whole time, while, of course, there's things here and there, and no one's perfect. I have, of course, like, I can first, for a minute, just be kind of aggravated or frustrated or annoyed, but... I always try to kind of bring myself out of it and snap my fingers and just say, okay, that's just the way they are. That's the way it is or whatever I have to say. And then just move on and move forward and realize that in 18 months, I'm going to be either real still motivated or super unmotivated. And it all depends on what my perspective is and how I respond to these stimuli that what are negative, you know, what negative Nancy's, whether they're people that don't want to work or they're unmotivated or I have to do more work. It's all good. I think all yeah. that should be seen as yeah, it good. really depends on, on you. Right. Or, or, or on how we see it. Right. Speaking of like in 18 months after we're done, where do you see yourself going? I mean, I'm still trying to figure all of that out. Like I, I have some ideas, this and that interests me and I'm really defining that. But and I think being in the school is helping me realize what I'm good at and what I can be better at and what really interests me. But what about you? So I'm still figuring it out too <laughs> because I feel like we still have some time. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is that here we're learning a lot of soft skills that are very important nowadays for companies because at the end of the day, you can learn all the technical issues. You can learn them, especially like the like the job position related technical issues. You can learn them in two months or three months after you start working in whatever company, but the soft skills, they take longer and they are harder to, to learn. So I think that's definitely something good that we're learning here and it's all the soft skills. Right, so like soft skills like in terms of Writing, communication, communicational, adaptability, interpersonal communication, yeah. right? Uh, listening, understanding, understanding, emotional intelligence is huge. Yeah, I think that's not talked about as much now, and it should be. And I think it's people are talking about it yeah. more. But emotional intelligence and empathy and being able to really understand a whole situation and 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 respond positively that's that's and huge. Tolerance and right. there's really so many so many yeah. things you can learn like so many soft skills that should be mandatory. Yeah, right. And and it's 
it's hard and I think good leaders have good soft skills and it's really important to learn it and it does take time and I think working in groups that are so different will really help uh, catalyze this learning process of soft skills it will really help yeah so right now I think I'm working on that and so I have kind of like yeah I haven't been thinking so much about my future job position but what I what I can see is that I really want would like to work in France at least for my internship um, because I like I like the country I like the culture and I love traveling and I think it's like a perfect spot for you to work if you want to travel so it's just like a personal interest uh, I like I love uh, the language I love French like it's very interesting and I'm still working on that like I already speak Spanish as my to- mother tongue and I speak Portuguese and English and a little bit of Chinese and then French would be my fifth language well like fourth wow. fifth that's that right so, there that in and of itself makes you a prime top candidate so I hope <laughs> so so but you know it's like an opportunity also like I'm, I'm here but I'm learning all these soft skills I'm learning a new language I'm learning a new culture I'm opening new new doors in Europe which would definitely make it easier for me to travel as long as it's like my project right uh, yeah because I love traveling and and yeah but anyways I was I was actually looking at some big companies here because I also know that I already have some I already have some of those soft, soft skills so I think I really want a company that needs those skills such as a big company that needs people going all around the world so I was actually uh, looking at L'Oreal for example uh, like for some internships and and I think it's very interesting because it's, it's an interesting industry they have so many uh, market segments so re- literally you can do everything with them and I'm sure that they need people who are willing to go and move to China for example and I don't think most French people are willing to do that so because they're very well they could be very ethnocentric in some way so I don't know I just see many opportunities there so maybe just I don't know like maybe you're inter- maybe that's for you right yeah exactly that's that's how I feel it but we'll see like yeah. we'll just need to see so one of my most the most interesting topics that I really wanted to talk about was like jobs and employment for the future and this is what I am in business school I'm in business school to not only be a leader and to develop soft skills and to develop to develop competencies in different areas regarding to regarding marketing and big data and analytics and all these are very important things but it's really to see how I can put all this together and mm-hmm. and and develop so I and I think I, I what is really important for like the future of employment it, because it's all changing all technology is is rapidly growing we have we're talking about zettabytes we are going into massive massive data sets that are incomprehensible you have to use different softwares to analyze these and visualize these things and we've been working a lot with that what i wanted to really talk about was the was being able to analyze data and using different softwares so what's interesting to you in terms of data analytics and for future jobs like what do you see as the most important feature of future jobs say 10 20 years from now what is going to be the job market for and i'm not talking about for executives or for a big time i'm talking about 
what the the average job market what do you what do you see as the big defining factor of the difference it's hard to say for us yeah we're we're, we're not economists we're not we're not experts we're not experts but what we would you, what do you what do you think just on a, off of the top of your head is going to be different from the average job market today versus 20 years well i think definitely a lot of people especially in like manufacturing positions are going to lose their jobs because like every time there's like more automatization of like all industrial processes worldwide and but the thing is that not even the manufacturing sector but also the services sector just look at the banks like just today they're like really firing many people because now like online like mobile banking can do pretty much everything like you don't need to go to the bank for a certificate but right now you can just like do it yourself like download it print it yourself you don't need to go to the bank so for example in Colombia they're closing many many branches because they're moving digital so it doesn't mean that people won't have jobs but it means people will have different jobs so they will need like more data people like software people um And yeah, it's it's just like like digital management people. You know, like everything is just migrating. It doesn't mean like it's gonna be bad because people are losing jobs. But at the end of the day, who wants to like do these simple jobs such as like doing copies or like printing things exactly. or or even just like the cashiers? Like who wants to be like sitting down and waiting for people to give you money and just put them in a box and then take it out and give it to other person and do it? Exactly. Where where when a computer can do that and it's better because there's less risk of mistakes and uh, it's cheaper and it's just better for everyone even for the for the worker and it's just, it's just going to lead to higher salaries for everyone because then there's more productivity with less people so then we exactly. can I so, just think we're going to be able to enjoy our lives better right exactly so like the the average so in the in the United States there was a, a lack of over 100,000 technical jobs And that's still that's still true. Like, oh, there's over a hundred thousand jobs that are not filled because there's not enough data analysts or technical or coders in this in this type of market. And so, it's already changing to to yeah. be like that. And so that's that's where education is going to come in. And it's not necessarily business school where people need to go to, but it's really changing our mindset to realize that we're in a data-driven economy and we need people to analyze this data because it's the new gold, it's the new oil. And so in 20 years, you can all, you better believe that with automatization, wow, I can't even say it, <laughs> it's going to be so much more important that we have a more educated and more technical workforce so that we can fill these jobs because McDonald's is, is McDonald's and Burger King and and all of these fast food companies and the banks are going digital and they're they have robots and they're automating everything and so and this has already been in the last five years happening so in 10 15 yeah, years yeah it's been a huge process definitely right but it's having kind of like a peak right now i think it's crazy And that's something I really want to talk a little bit more on my next episodes, my next podcast episodes is data analysis and visualization and how these things kind of technically come together. And just real quick, I want to talk about the project that we, you and I are working on with this AI company. They do its chat and voice bots. And I just read something earlier and it's uh, the global bot market was worth USD $864.9 million dollars in 2017. And it's projected to reach 
$3 billion, $3.1 billion by 2023. That's from PR Newswire in New York. The amount of businesses that are even using it, there's so many. Yeah, because it's applicable for all fields. Like, just like for a travel agency, for example, like if you can, if you have like, uh, I don't know, let's say 20,000 employees and then 10,000 of them work in direct service to the like customer service and you can just buy a software that can like make you just need five right people to like run the service right then i'm sure all companies will do it like right like customer service yeah goodbye yeah totally i just want to read real quick to you a quote from the vice president of product at audio codes And it says, voice is the most natural and intuitive way for humans to communicate with each other and with automated services. And that just makes so much sense. So if you have a chatbot or a voice bot, it is the best way to communicate with customers. It's, it just makes so much sense that this is going to be replacing customer service because there's so many factors in customer service. I worked in customer service. Uh, you can get annoyed, you get bored, you get sad, you get angry. All these I think things it's, also, it's also about our, our generation because I think back then people, like our parents or grandparents, like for example, if they wanted to go on vacation, they will go to the, like the travel agency and sit there for two, three, four hours. Maybe they will offer them a coffee. They will show them a couple videos or pictures maybe. I don't even think videos, but like a couple pictures on a magazine of a whatever destination um, and maybe they will enjoy it you know that was part of the trip like to go there maybe six months before and look at the pictures and imagine yourself going there but for us it's totally not like that like we just want to open a web page just buy whatever we want like have multiple thousand options because right. that's what we do and just click it Right, literally. You like go we to, don't care about all these little details that probably are part of it. Right. Like you go to flights.google.com and you go from your city to anywhere in the next week and you can find the cheapest flights basically to, to go anywhere. So you can design your vacation in half an hour or less. Exactly. And you don't need to pay anyone to do that. Exactly. And so it's, it's so crazy. And with automation and this big data-driven society that we're living in with Google, with all of, with all of these opportunities that are growing and people, and people are going to need to change their mindset. Again, there need to be, we have to have a more technical workforce and be able to code and, and visualize data. And it's super important. I think customers are already doing it, but yeah, managers, managers, and it's managers. And it, then it goes into again, let's, let's bring it full circle. It's all about understanding people and soft skills and empathy and understand one another and work through differences and cultural differences and empathize and really, really just, it's, It's so big. The managers and leaders of tomorrow need to be able to understand. And even today, I think there needs to be a dramatic shift in how leaders are treating employees and, and their teams. And so I want my work to be something that I enjoy so much. And stuff like this, like the, the, the technology that's coming out, I might not 100% understand it. And I'm going to work really hard to, but it's, you know, it's, it's in the air. I'm, I'm closer now. I can smell it. I'm this close to getting it. It's I'm that close. All right, Juan, thank you so much for joining. Do you have anything else to, to, to put in right now? Well, no, I'm very thankful for you to invite me and, uh, yeah, I'll for sure keep listening to your podcast and come back soon. Yeah. I mean, I'll, we're in the group, so we have, if we have more ideas, we can just quickly do it, do something else. This was fun. Thank you again for joining me, Juan, and I will see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Business School Buddy with Parker Henry. I really appreciate it. If you made it all the way through and you got any value out of it whatsoever, I'd really appreciate it if you left a comment or a review or shared it with your friends or subscribed. Anything would mean the world to me. See you next time. 